0: you mean? Or it does I not
1: Salutations, Shays, and welcome back to your home for all things strange and unusual, talking with shadows, the conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to. Here with your host, Vic Waitley.
2: And Marcus D. And a big shout out to Slenderman for being so dang fit.
1: What do you think? Keto, Atkins, how's he do it? Souls. Probably souls. Fears of everybody for com- coming for them in the middle of the night. And today in the studio, we have Ricky Bruckman with us once again. Joining us from Mount Vernon Paranormal. Say hello to everybody, Ricky.
0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, just to let you know, I have a can of beer in front of me, but I'm not allowed to open. So
2: That's, wait, you right, you're idea. not allowed to open the beer till we give the toast. That's I,
1: part of the show. There's it, a rhythm, there's a ritual. It has been an intense amount of work to keep him <laughs> from drinking this beer before we do... Our random
2: cheers, guys. Yes, yeah. absolutely, because we have to give a shout-out to the beers that we're drinking in this episode. Today, I'm drinking, again, one of the Genevieve Belgian-style amber ale. That's the, the one was with the dragon. on it. it was two episodes ago, I think I was drinking this. Two or three, something yeah. like
1: that. yes. And me and Ricky are drinking the last of the Barnes Phantom Ghost Citrus, which I absolutely freaking am falling in love with. Ooh. This is ghost... No, ghosts. Ghosts. Ghost. Ghost. I don't know what ghost is. It but looks it like is it ghost. looks like
2: it looks like you, you want to say ghost when you, whenever you read it. But anyway, but anyway, this is to uh, this is to all of our listeners actually because we actually just broke our record uh, for views for this month and the month's not even over. So I'm super excited for all the support that you guys have been giving us. So cheers. this is to you guys. Cheers, cheers guys. Cheers to you guys. Now you can open it. Now you can open it, Ricky. There you go. There
0: you go.
2: Mm. Oh man, I like this uh, stuff. That is real. That is real beer. That is not no, that. Oh
0: god, this stuff is hard.
2: I told you. I told you. I told you. I told you. It tastes like a sour. It trick. It tastes it, it, like a sour beer. It tricks you. It's, it's a. It's this, a sour beer in
1: like, disguise.
0: It, it, it is it, really good. I really oh like this god, stuff. Oh my god, this stuff is awful.
1: Here, pa- pass it to me. I'll drink both
0: of them. I I feel, be my guest, please. I, this stuff is. good. I feel wild.
2: bad. Here, do you want to drink the Genevieve stuff? Here, try the. Try it. Here, see if you like it better.
1: Well, wow, we are role modeling such bad behavior during COVID. Oh, we work together. Yeah, I and mean, we're around each other all the time. Like, there's I mean, there's not much social distancing nah, I mean, that we can really
0: do. Now, this, now this, stuff, stuff, this stuff, this stuff isn't bad. bad. This, this is, is good, stuff. good stuff. I don't, I don't know what, what the hell made him thought that stuff was stuff good. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't,
1: uh, I don't know what's wrong with ugh. you two. This is a good beer. Oh, man. Oh, my, oh
0: my God. It's, a, it's, it's like, like drinking, drinking ski and vomit. And vomit. It's, it's like really punishing good. my body. Oh.
2: It is. It's like ski and vomit, isn't it? Oh, oh my God, God. That's a great so analogy. Awful.
1: You guys aren't worthy of the Barnes Phantom Ghost Citrus brand. No, it's well, no.
2: This is what is, what is this? It's, it needs a to go... cit- it's a citrus ale that identify that's that's no, it's a sour beer.
1: That identifies as a citrus ale. That's what that does. Oh, no,
0: that thing needs to go back in the barn.
1: (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay, stop bashing on my delicious beer, and let's get to our subject matter at hand.
2: Okay, so we are wrapping up our month-long talk on demons this October. For this whole Halloween, guys, we've been scaring the crap out of a lot of you, probably, with discussing stories upon stories. Of people being possessed by demons, people battling demons, and what better way to finish off this month with dis- with actually bringing a real demonologist into the studio to talk about demons. So, Ricky, thank you so much for coming and it's talking to us. It's not a
0: problem at all. I, I, this is a subject I always love talking about. I've been banned from talking about it a couple of times in, at the libraries. but And
1: our work. And this is
0: <laughs> this is the first time that we've had yeah. a repeat guest, right? Yes,
2: yes. Ricky was on episode 3. And so he's the first person that's come back in to talk with us in the studio.
1: And beyond the podcast, we've had him on and we've had him on the regular channel too. So yes, I think we this is his third time we on did. the channel Ricky, altogether. So
2: he is now currently our favorite guest to have in the studio. Thank you so much, Ricky.
0: If I'm your favorite guest, he could do better than that. <laughs> or his the water he gave me to drink. That or, was awful. Or the best person we can
1: get. <laughs> no, I'm okay. just kidding. I'm just... <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, don't take it wrong. I, I, I really do appreciate I love hanging and working with these guys, but I don't know. Vic, he, he's starting to scare me with his taste in beer. It's freaking good. I don't know what's wrong with you
2: guys. Oh, man. This is what, you know what happened? You delved too much into demons that your mind has warped. <sighs> And you are now settling for like low subpar beers.
1: That's good. No. It's yeah. Okay. I want you guys to go out and try this and back me up that it is a good beer. Yeah. No. <laughs> We're not even sponsored. I'm trying to get people to drink this. I'm trying stuff. to
2: do an anti-spon. <laughs> I'm trying to do an anti-ad right now. Uh, hope okay. you guys enjoyed that banter. Um, uh, since we got uh, a guest in the studio today, we thought we probably wouldn't uh, talk about some of the comments yet that we had. Uh, from our Exorcists Around the World uh, video, because it's only been up for one day. brought Ricky in the following day, we recorded that. So uh, if you guys want to make comments on the, on that video or even this video, that's absolutely fine. Um, we'll cover them in our next episode. Absolutely. Also, guys, if you guys have been enjoying the thing that we've been doing with a the theme for this month, um, up on our Patreon right now for our uh, level two and higher, our closed source members and higher patrons, we have a poll up right now uh, for people to vote on the theme for next month. Um, so if you guys want to go on there and become a patron uh, for two dollars a month, you can go on there and you can vote uh, in order to shape next month's content. Right now we got a, a, a three-way tie. tie three-way way. tie right now. The the ideas are ghosts, Bigfoot, UFOs, and immortals. That was a that was a Vic suggestion right there. He was the one that threw uh, immortals in, so if, which I thought was interesting. So if you guys want to go in, vote, uh, let your voices be heard uh, on our on what we're gonna do next month. But Today, guys, we're going to talk about demons with a real demonologist. Now, you guys probably know if you guys have been veterans of our podcast that we have been on numerous investigations with Ricky and Mount Vernon Paranormal. There are some of our favorite people uh, to do investigations with. So, Ricky, I have to know, like, as when when did you first get interested in like demonology and the study and the study of demons? Like, when did that start?
0: Well, my my, my interest in demonology came about after talking with a a colleague of mine named Bishop James Long. Bishop James Long is a demonologist, and also he is active in doing real exorcisms. I've always questioned about exorcisms, because people can, if you don't know what you're doing, they made these mistakes. But Bishop Long is really on top of his game when it comes to this study. I've studied paranormal sciences prior, parapsychology, the understanding the, the ideals of the spirit, but also a lot of people mistake in demonology as something as worshiping of demons. And after speaking with Bishop Long and understanding, he called it's sort of like understanding the enemy. That those of us who follow more of a Christian based belief or or Jewish-based beliefs. Understanding what the enemy can do is a, is a good tool, and that's basically the way I look at it, and that's how what got me interested in studying to understand what I'm actually combating against if I do come across any possible demonic entity.
1: Okay, I know somewhere in there you threw in the idea of doing something wrong when it comes to uh, this sort of study. That, of course, is gonna beg the question, what is the worst things that one can do? <laughs> yeah, like what, what are the what's the fallout from yeah. them?
2: What are the do's and don'ts of demonology? Start with the
0: don'ts. Okay. The don't number 1, don't assume that everything you see in the in the field is is demonic. That's a big big don't. The con- the possibility of a demonic energy or de- or a demon, actual real demon is very slim. Coming across of unclean spirits is more possible than a demon. Um, a Big don't. If you don't, when I say if you don't know what you're doing, don't do it. Automatically assume that you can do a cleansing or do a, an exorcism upon someone because you read it in a book or you're reading a book. If you do not have the experience of what to actually do, you can actually make things a lot worse. So,
2: I. I've said it many times in the podcast that when it comes to the paranormal, you know, we grow up and, you know, with how we grow up, it sort of gives us our vocabulary for dealing with the paranormal. When you explain stuff of the paranormal, you explain it from some of the background that you come from, whether it's just your religion, your spirituality, you know, what have you. So I think I've seen that many times where people... You know they don't have a large vocabulary when it comes to the paranormal, so everything's a demon. You know they hear here at bump mm-hmm. of the night; they're demons. You know they see a weird shadow on the wall; that's a demon. You know what? So I guess how 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 do you identify that? Like how do you how can you tell the difference?
0: It, it's 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 hard to explain. Basically, um, let me try to see if I can get the proper words to come across <laughs> when I'm trying. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. That was a remnant of the last beer. Um, <laughs> the possibility, the, a, a true demonic entity, a true d- demon, if you're coming across a real demon, um, it's going to be, not. it's not only going to be a battle within, a spiritual battle, but it could be a physical battle. Um, a, a, you come across a real demon, you're going to, f- you're not. You're gonna feel more than just your hair standing up. All right. Um, which goes. This go, it goes into more detail when you start going into oppression and possession.
1: Okay, I really want to get there, but I want to double back on something that you said because it was very reminiscent of a question I asked in one of the previous episodes. I don't remember if it was in the patron content or if it was in one of the podcasts, but uh, I had mentioned that I was very curious on. If there was a difference between demons and unclean spirits, and if so, what are they?
0: Okay, unclean spirit under modern demonology, we take that as unclean spirit is something of a spirit that actually lived physically on this earth. A soul that embraced more of a dark, embraced the dark arts, embraced um, true Satanism or Luciferian, someone who basically embraced evil. Okay, that is an unclean spirit. An unclean spirit is a soul that's literally sold themselves within to the demonic energies.
1: So, like when we were talking about uh, divics a few episodes ago, where um, I noticed, like in the Hebrew belief, they mentioned that. A human after death could acquire demonic abilities, and they gave the example of Lilith, and they were explaining that's why a divot can possess demonic powers. So it's something along those lines, right?
0: That's correct. Um, let's let's look at it this way. The biggest talk that everybody talks about is Aleister Crowley. Okay, those who don't know who Aleister Crowley was, he was known as the the, the mad professor, the mad doctor. He studied. Um, Dem- with that th- time, with people called demonology, which is more of Luciferian uh, teachings, uh, dark magic, and he created some of his own little things in the mix there.
1: The- yeah, I know, like a lot of his stuff involved um, like sexual magic and uh, doing magic under drugs, trying to reach like a really high point in your energy to um, actually fuel magic. And I haven't studied him and
0: his work with, I, what, is it the Golden Dawn?
1: It is remember. the Golden
0: Dawn. His his whole basis is he wanted to embrace that spirituality to have a, a demonic energy indwell into him, to give him the power to, to move on beyond that. The problem is, when you even when you're trying to get that spirit to indwell in you, you become more of an unclean spirit, which you're basically trapped and You're personally being persecuted by being by being stuck on this Wait, earth. So, could Aleister Crowley be running around as a divic now? Honestly, I don't know, <laughs> but it's a good con. It's a good idea to think about because it wouldn't be, it would not as a modern demonolo- demonologist would say, it is not within the possible norm.
2: So, I you were talking about. With being able to identify are you dealing with a spirit are you dealing with a demon you said there's a much more physical component when you're dealing with a demon so you talking about just like like physical marks are you saying like bruises like what can you elaborate a if little bit more on being that
0: attacked by a, po- a real demon you're you're gonna feel your body as much as your spirit, and the part of when I mean by your spirit, the biggest thing is that a demon will try to break your spirit. You will feel almost like a physical and a mental breakdown. It will coming across a pot, a real demon.
2: And and I've seen I think some of that in cases of 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 possession before, where there is this like a transition period. Mm-hmm. That many of the family will describe surrounding the person. Whether or not they lose, they lose weight. Their behavior changes. They lose sleep. They sleep more.
0: Now, what you're talking about is oppression. Now, you're talking about the breaking of the will. A true demon cannot possess someone to they to they broken the will. The soul's will has to be broken. By doing this, they they do the they pressure. It's pressure. It's psych, psychological pressure. Mental pressure being pushed on, they stop eating. They start losing, I'm sorry, they start losing weight. They um, You can, They start being, you know, certain things you start to notice that come out. Suddenly, they can speak Latin, all right? Someone that you knew throughout all your life suddenly can speak Latin and backwards, which I have experienced once. I have experienced that once uh, where someone's actually started speaking Latin backwards. I had to record it just to see for sure that this is what I'm hearing. And, yeah, it was.
2: I, I definitely want to get into that here in a second. Um, so, I mean, you're familiar with the concept of shadow people, right? Yes, yeah, so I'm very So, in a lot of extreme shadow people cases that people have described, they've had scratches, they've had, like, skinny abrasions on mm-hmm. them. Would you count that? I mean, is that... Do you see shadow people as demons is that in and of itself demonic activity is it different there is
0: a lot of misconceptions about between um demons unclean spirits and shadow people some people some people in uh, basically some people that were within the same let me make let me get my words right people that i've talked to who studied demonology some people uh, believe that shadow people are actual manifestations of true demons and there are some that just disagree with that. I personally, through my studies, do not, I, I cannot see the true quality as a shadow person being someone that either being an actual demon. Um, I don't have enough proof, physical proof, that I can say that would guarantee, okay, shadow people are of a demonic origin. All right. As for unclean spirit origin, it's the same thing. The same people that I talk about that within the community that would believe that shadow people can be demonic or unclean. It's there's so many different variables here that we can't even compare to say yes, okay, this is definitely what it is. Um, you would hear, you would talk to other demonologists that would say, okay, yes, shadow people are demons. Some people say no, shadow people are unclean spirits. Even in biblical times, the discussion of shadow people was brought up. But even then, they could not come up with a defined interpretation of what shadow people are. So could you give us a
1: pretty detailed breakdown on um, oppression and possession? Like what the differences are, where the telltale signs, things along those lines?
0: Okay. Oppression is basically the first stage of breaking the spirit. A, a, a true demon if it's trying to oppress you, it could either be from an unclean spirit could try to do the same thing by making you believe that okay uh, I'm here to help you, I'm your friend. I'm come to help you and they're given they seem very benevolent in the very beginning. and then once they give up their trust and give up that benevolency and say okay this person this spirit that's helping me is my friend. it's trying to get me trying to be my friend. And then when, when they get to that point, that's when the, the, if it's a demon, that's when the demon shows itself and starts breaking the will. Starts mentally, you start, well, it, it's the same signs as mental illness. You know, they'll start hearing voices, hearing voices constantly to the point that they feel like they, they're, they're going insane. They start cutting themselves. Just It's very much near the signs of mental illness in itself. They start cutting themselves. They start, um, thinking suicide thoughts okay if i kill myself i'll be wit- rid of this demon
2: so then how would you uh how then how would you differ as a demonologist how would you differentiate between a mental illness and a person that is being oppressed or a person that is being possessed okay a person
0: that, when the person is near the point their breaking point near possession as someone that's oppressed and, and someone that's you know truly mental illness there's certain things that, that start to stem. There's certain points you start to see. One, what I said before, was speaking other languages. A voice transition, a change of a voice and the character of the voice itself
2: so when you're talking, talking to somebody. That's ah, that knowledge of the unknown. It's one of the cardinal traits that uh, the Catholic Church looks for in a, in a case of possession.
0: Exactly. And you start hearing the change in the voice. They like, like I said before, someone's speaking Latin that does not understand Latin, or someone speaking Hebrew. And that's another thing you you see in this, is someone speaking a pure Hebrew. But that which, let me put it this way, Latin, you know, is mostly used in the Catholic Church. Okay, that which pure evil would try to mask, or not word, not, I'm using the wrong word, not mask. Um, they would reverse what the te- teaching of the Catholic Church would do. If someone that is believing in Catholic Church, say someone's a Catholic and they're being oppressed, everything they're going to do leading to the possession is counteractive to what the Catholic faith would believe. Instead of a, 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 a standing cross, upside down cross. It's uh, de- destroying religious artifacts like, like rosaries or little statuettes destroying these items because they don't want to be near these items some of the stuff they show in these movies like the exorcism when you see them they're like okay the person's levitating in the air. that's extremely rare
2: okay. we talked about that in latoya almond's uh, podcast that that we did we talked about that case at length on the podcast as well as on the channel
1: it's been a particular focus of ours, actually, over the last few years.
2: I, I, I'm telling people now, that case, the LaToya almonds case, if you want a real, clear, evident case of something supernatural, at the very least, going on, you definitely should investigate that case. Go back and look at our, our stuff on it, other people's stuff on it. None of I, I've actually that. looked at There's some of the stuff, stuff
0: that you guys, guys did about that. that case. I actually read some of the reports, you know, because it took a lot of doing because i wanted to understand what happened there but i tr- i personally from someone just by reading what was written, what was documented i would say that this what happened in that house started with oppression it started breaking the will of the child start breaking the will of the people that lived in that house to the point that possession came into play and once possession was in play there was only one way to rid of that that demon was through exorcism. So, how long,
2: now, Ricky, how long how, how long have you been a paranormal investigator?
0: I've been a paranormal investigator since 1993.
2: Okay, since 1993. How, how many cases would you say that you've investigated where you genuinely believed there was demonic activity and not something else going on? Three. How many cases did people believe that demonic cases were going on and you had to whittle it down? Hundreds.
1: Hmm. I'd fully believe that. Um, w- during an interview not long ago, we were asked by um, our interview who who was the the last interview we did.
2: The we did with Was it Justin? Yeah. Was it not? yeah. Or knock once for yes. No, no, no Justin. No no no, no. no, no, no.
1: It was the guy we went on his channel.
2: Oh. Oh that we did that was johnny smith from yeah
1: yes from the inquisitive mind podcast yes okay He, he he had asked us about like what would we do in the case of demonic cases when they came about and i i mentioned that we we don't really deal with them they don't come up that much where we legitimately believe it's demonic but if it ever did we would not take it and we'd try to refer it to someone else where would be a good place to refer this like who who would be a good person to go to if you are under such attack
0: honestly um The first thing I want to do is clarify it. Somebody comes to me and says, listen, I've got something demonic going on in my house. I personally am going to go over there to see what I'm finding, to see what the findings show me, see what the evidence is proving. Now, someone's actually got true demonic energy going on in that house. I mean, true demonic energy where you're starting to see... What's a bit good? um, You're starting to see like not just things moving but things literally it's it's a certain the first thing let me put it this way the first thing i'm going to tell you we as humans if our hair starts standing up that's a good sign that you got something going on in the house they're not saying it's demonic but it's a good sign you got something going on once you start doing your research if you start trying to communicate when that's the big thing when you try to start communicating with the entity Using ITC or just you I hate to say it, Ouija board, which is a big mistake. A lot of people.
2: Ooh, Ouija board. All
0: right, Ooh, I'll, Ouija I'll, I'll Ouija board. get into that in a minute. But using ITC or something in that fact to try to communicate with it—that's when you're going to start to find out. If you're dealing with a real demon, you're going to you're going to know it.
2: So tell us about one of those cases that you actually felt like you were dealing with a demonic entity. Can you t- can you tell us about one of them? Yes, yeah, so actually, uh,
0: it started off. Well, let me let me let me go to a preamble here for start off. Um, when I was young, I saw an actual possession, and it scared the living hell out of me. I didn't even know this. Did that
1: frame yeah. Did that frame your desire to actually start studying demonology?
0: No, I was a at the time I was 15. That's my first experience with something demonic. Was, I was 15 years old. I I was going to a private Christian school. My roommate. Um, obviously he was for years before he got involved into the, got sent to the school he was doing some um practicing black arts studying occult uh magic did not understand what he was getting into and i watched the man literally the boy or man literally start to break down the first sign to me is when i took a wet cold wet towel and threw it on his back and it started to steam holy shit Holy crap. <laughs>
2: All right. the see Earmuffs. that, that
0: scared the living hell out of me. It literally started to steam. And then his voice literally started to change. And he, start, and he started saying stuff I could not understand in some kind of weird language. I ran down to get to, at the time, like I said, I went to a Christian school. And I ran down to get a, one of the ministers to see what was going on. And they sent up what, this one guy who is a, a deacon in the, in the church, went up there to see him, to see what's going on. And this guy fought in the Vietnam War, big man. Now, mind you, the guy, the kid I'm telling you about was really, really small, maybe 98 pounds. I watched this 98-pound kid throw a 200-and-something-pound man across the room.
1: Did you ever find out, how did the story resolve? Do you know the fate of this person?
0: Yes, I, well, the person today is a very respected person. I can't. I don't want to go in detail because I don't want to. Um, I don't want to go out there and out the guy. Uh, but only thing I remember: the ministers grabbing him. Finally, it took seven ministers to grab seven ministers and deacons to grab him, and to cast out that demon. And the first thing they did, and one thing the pastor told me was, "I want you and everybody else to leave the, the church property right now." 'Cause it's gonna be a while. So we end up leaving the property. Then I come all I remember is hearing the guy yelling, I'm gonna kill you, you know, and saying his name, the kid's name constantly too. I actually when I was leaving the building, I heard the most eerie scream I ever heard in my life. I, I cannot explain it. When I tell the story, people are like, Oh dude, you're full of you're full of everything. That ain't true. No, I heard it, I know what I saw. I could not explain. I could not explain it. All I know is I didn't want to be a part of it.
2: So is he doing okay now?
0: Well, he's fine now. He's, he's married, has a couple kids, grandkids. It's a whole different person after that incident. It was like a totally different person I ever saw again.
2: How long did it take for him to get back to being okay?
0: All I know is that when i can't when i was outside in that parking lot from the church cuz i didn't want to leave i was scared as anything outside that parking lot now let me restate this school i went to was also part of the church the school i went to we lived right there at the building and um uh, i i think in several hours before i heard that screech so I mean, when I when
2: I mean okay, like I mean obviously he was in distress. Obviously there was something horribly wrong going on. But you said he's doing okay now. How long afterwards did you did, did it take you to realize that he was doing okay? He was going back to normal. It, as, one, as one can be normal after something like 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 that.
0: He was totally physically drained after that incident. They also had to take him to the hospital because he had multiple scratches on him. Apparently, when the ant- when the demon left his body, it 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 scarred him. So,
2: I I've read many accounts from the Catholic tradition that exorcisms can take a very long time to do. Is that in your in your opinion? Is that the case? Can they be done quicker? Is it a matter of the fur- what is- you're dealing with and how long the, and how long the demons are around? Like what? What do you think impacts the time on that I,
0: I think basically um, with his, say in his situation um, he was only dealing with one demon. People can be possessed by multiple demons. It only starts with one but as time progresses what does, I'm sorry once that will is broken other demons can possess and go into an actual physical body.
1: In the Patreon content, we've been talking a lot about um, old grimoires, exorcism manuals, and things like that. And in a lot of those, they'll list names of different demons and their abilities and what they have under their control and what they can also bring with you when they go into possessions and things like that. Uh, In your experience, is there any... um, truth to this sort of information is it useful information it, or is it just hokum
0: no it, it's very useful information there is a hierarchy of of de- demon a uh, hierarchy of demons it, 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 that which is holy that that which is unholy will repeat but will pervert the demon hierarchy does exist as there is the hierarchy of the trinity of god or the trinity of allah you know, every even notice that a lot of faiths—Muslim, uh, Jewish, uh, Christian, even pagan faiths—had more multiple pat, pantheons. As Christian faith has been mostly progressed in the time period, um, there is a hierarchy within God: the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. This the same thing can be said for demonology. There is a hierarchy of three demons that are basically the high, the, high, the archangels of demonic and enti- of the devil himself. Now, I, I don't don't get me wrong. Demonology is the, I, understanding. Demonology is not the worshiping of demons. It is understanding what a de- demon, demonic ent- energy, demonic entity, can actually do, and understanding the it's to understand the enemy you can combat it a lot easier. So then, do
2: you mind talking about, like, one of your personal cases that you dealt with professionally?
0: The best case is I was um, doing an investigation up at a place called Jockey Hollow up in New Jersey. And when was this? This was going back in 1997. I and was 10 years old. <laughs> in 1997, I I, my, I went up there to do the investigation at a place called Jockey Hollow. Jockey Hollow was an American colonial encampment also not far from a British bastion. And um this is going back to revolutionary war times. Um the little history of Jockey Hollow, the bastion itself, the the British troops that were stationed there were massacred by the colon the colonial militia of New Jersey at the time. They went in there Slaughtered all the women and children that were there. There was very little troops there because they were being they were off stationed. When the militia went there, they just start butchering anyone, anyone they saw. Usually, when you have something negative, a very negative possibility, like when there's high amounts of bloodshed, there's going to be something. There's going to be some residual dark energy there, and usually, when residual dark energy is you could come across something more of an unclean spirit, which is what I thought I was coming across. No, when I got there, I had manifestations of rocks being thrown at me. We heard growling coming out. I mean, physical growling, not just something you hear off a, a tape recorder. You voice, physically, you're live, can hear this growling coming out. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, that wasn't this place was an enclosed building there was no animals in this building. It's a tower. Going into to this tower so. and this is what we ex- we experienced. And hearing that and feeling my own hair stand up, not because of what I was not just because of what I was hearing, but something just spiritually was not right. Something I just felt this utter presence of evil.
1: So when it comes to, you mentioned there's a hierarchy of the evil. Are there any particular, like, things that you, I know you don't want to get possessed by anything, but are there any ones that are, like, really, really, really dangerous to get possessed
0: by? Well, to start things off, the rare, the, the possible chance of getting possessed by one of the hierarchy, extremely, extremely, I cannot ex- explain how ah, extremely it is to come across. You gotta do something. you gotta literally open yourself up to get to that point to get to come across something more of the hierarchy. okay?
2: So can I, can I ask it? I want to ask a difficult question. I, I, maybe this might be a theological question. I, mean, this is, I feel like this is a difficult question, and I don't know if I've ever had this I don't know if this has ever been asked. So I have often heard from people that are in the demonology field that if you commit some sort of act that's wrong, or or bad or against, you know, that, that that makes you a more attractive target to a demon, right? hmm Okay. Well, if, if these are from, say, like, a Judeo-Christian concept where they revoked against God or some sort of higher authority where they were cast down, isn't that, like, a horrific act? Like, how could any act that humanity would do, how would that be attractive to something that's, been around that much evil or that much badness or evilness, or whatever. Like how, how could we stack up to that to attract something that's been through something that awful?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I'm trying to, no, give me a moment to think about this. Sorry, I wasn't
2: really like, like a gotcha question, but I mean like, no, that's, me that's just been rattling man. around in my mind for a little while. I don't,
1: Well, and I've always thought that uh, often the goal of a demon seems to be, if you take the uh, stance that they fell due to the envy of man, I've always kind of thought that it's to emphasize that God chose wrong uh, in choosing uh, man above the angels, and just anything they can do to kind of show, hey, these things can be just as bad as us.
0: Mm. Well, let's let's look at... Judeo-Christian faith right now, okay? I not Yes, I'm going into religion, but religion also what that. What there is religion, there's you got. We all got to remember religion goes far, far back. Okay? and I
1: think I think you can't really get into this topic without, without going idea into all that religion. stuff. I mean, <laughs> so many world
2: religions, like, are, you know. Are made addressing this question about these things. I, th- I think it's okay.
0: Well, the, basically, let's say in the judicial christian religions. Okay, we all know about Lucifer. All right, he is the angel of light. He was God's most blessed and most chosen. Okay, among his angels, he was the most loved and most honored. He want he claimed to be. He wanted to be God, and when he wanted to be God. He got those who followed those those other angels who served with him to follow his 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 war. He's follow his ideas like, you know what? We're just as good as God. We can be God. And that's under Judeo-Christian belief also. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not gonna lie, I believe in that aspect because that's being born, raised under Jewish ideas and of Christian beliefs as my own research and studies, I cannot see anything that, that sways against it. But then again, I keep an open mind. I always keep an open mind. Um, evil in itself had to have a beginning. All right? And to understand that evil had to be, that be in the Christian belief, that evil beginning started with Lucifer. If we go on to the aspect of evolution... Aspect of evolution, this world was, during evol- evolution, violently created. Violence, in all aspects, is an evil, and under Christian belief, is evil. You commit violence, you're committing an evil act. Okay? Do I, be- do I believe that demons can um, possess people? Yes. Do I believe that what you said about the world itself and all this grandiose of evil? Demons need demonic energy. Demonic entities need to be able to get those to believe that against a holy God. Against that is good. If they, if they say, for all intents, I'm not saying there is no God because I truly believe there is. But those who would say, oh, there's no God, evil is just a concept. No, evil is not just a concept. Evil is pure, it is dark, it is hideous, and it will, da- it will destroy. And the one, end, the one goal for a true demon is not to create, but is to destroy. To destroy the human mind, destroy the human spirit, destroy the human body. That is the goal of a demon of, of a demonic energy. That is the goal of what a demon is out there to do, to bring. If you say there's no God, you say there's no God. You can deny God all you want, but you cannot deny pure evil.
2: I have two takeaways from that, and one being, it sounds very much like what I've always been saying through throughout like this podcast and stuff that our, our belief and conviction. And anything seems to be stronger than I think what people give it credit for. Because I've always said, you know, I said, you know, if you're dealing with a, like, a possession situation, you know, a Jewish rabbi, a Catholic priest, a, you know, uh, uh, you know, an Islamic imam or whatever, you know, uh, a shaman, they're all going to do different things and they're all going to claim success. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's different or sorry, that's the same between them, all, between them all, is the conviction of A, the person that's doing the exorcism, that's and, and B, the person that's probably having, having the, the exorcism
0: done on them. Now, let me say this about exorcisms. I've seen, I have talked to exorcists who, who, are, who are pagan faith and were able to remove a demon, okay? The, the Christian faith will tell you, oh, that's impossible. Pagans cannot do it because they don't have the presence of God. The thing is, they are using that spirit within themselves, so that their belief in the spirit was able to remove that demon. De- demonic energy is pure evil. If you got something that's, con- that's going to combat that pure evil be it Muslim, be it Christian, be it Jewish, be it pagan, be it even wicked if you got something that can combat that evil, to remove that evil, it will work. And
2: uh, the second takeaway that I have from all of that. If you really think about the concept of any sort of demonic entity from, like, across different faiths, I mean, this is an entity that has existed for, at the very least, thousands of years, at the most, millennia, mm-hmm. like, mil- like, in millions of years and things like that. These are beings that have oftentimes heard the voice of, like, a one true god in a religion, mm-hmm. could, like, destroy cities, shape the very earth itself but they have to wear us down before they can take us over. Like that either to me says that a there's a there's a devolution that goes on with them whenever they become a demon or the human will is stronger than 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 what we give it credit for.
1: I mean, God thought humans were pretty damn cool. You know,
2: so, you know. So I I don't know, like I just, you know, the the whole month this is what this has just led up to me just just thinking, like just really think about that. This is an entity that exists on On a supernatural level that has the wisdom of eons and has existed with all that experience and all these supernatural abilities. And yet it has to wear us down before it can possess. And like, like, wouldn't you think like logically this thing could just walk up and go, all right, now I'm piloting this now. Sorry, it's grand theft auto, Ricky Bruckman.
0: (laughs) Well, here's the thing. When you look at uh, Christian faith, the statement is God said, let us make man in the Christian faith. Am I correct? God said, let us make man. He made man in his own image. According to the Bible, yes. According to the Bible. Okay. Other texts, no. Okay, well, I'm just saying, (laughs) according to the Bible, he made man in his own image. Okay? I believe, and this is is where I come in and say in the Christian aspect, that God made man in his own image, which means he made us within a trinity of, of ourselves. All right? That's The trinity being the body the soul the spirit okay that's what i believe all right i believe this because of my my studies into jewish faith and also christian beliefs and i'm not going to lie people i'm a devout i'm maybe of jewish belief and jewish faith but i also believe christ is the messiah so there you go i'm out here you are anyway as for demons trying they have to break the, the will of man is just as strong as a demon. We may not have the supernatural power. We may not have the power to t- to make things move or all that. Man desires that power. If man can obtain that power, we we'd be outright dangerous.
1: Okay, I know you're also a biblical scholar, and I have a few just kind of random questions that I was to throw at you. Okay.
0: Ye-
1: is a angel's grace the same as a human soul, or is that something inherently different?
0: Honestly, I'm this. Gonna, I'm going to probably sound stupid in this, but i never heard that term. Oh, <laughs> Angel's okay. grace to a human soul. I've never heard that term. I mean,
1: I've always wondered because like people will talk about an angel being possessed of grace and things like that. I've I always felt that they meant something spiritually higher than like what a human grace is. But I might be just reading into it. I I did have another question along those lines, but um, it's fairly apocryphitic, so I'm not sure. Are are you familiar with The Watchers? I'm trying to remember the book it's from.
0: Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Okay.
1: So this was a fall that happened. Like There was Lucifer's fall, and then this fall happened later on, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Did The Watchers also suffered the same fate as the angels that fell with lucifer just just so our audience knows this is a group of and you can correct me if i'm inaccurate Mm -hmm. here um this is a group of angels that fell later on out of lust for humans and they created the like nephilims and Mm -hmm. things along those lines so was their fate the same as the ones that fell with lucifer or is there anything different going on there or do we know Uh,
0: we really don't know I would say that the possibility is that those angels were put in, like, limbo. You know, some people, the Catholic Church believes in purgatory, or also limbo, which is a place in between the dark and the light. It could be the same situation here when it comes to the Watchers. As for my own study, I have not done deep study into the Watcher concept, Sorry for throwing some very weird questions. No, at No, I, I appreciate <laughs> that's it. That's what wish we do to, on the channel. I personally, we ask, yeah. I personally wish I had better answers for you, but I, honestly, I, I, I'm not that in app of the whole. I under, I know of the Watchers. I know of the the teachings of it, but as for how my own personal studies into it, I haven't really gone into detail about that.
2: Well, I think there's just this theme of these things being cast out from their higher power to be like, all right, now here's your punishment, wander on on Earth because it sucks. I think probably 2020 has probably created a lot of other demonic forces <laughs> yeah. probably out there. We can all agree it's been a terrible year.
1: I got to say, like, I've been reading, like, some books that are very off from what I normally read. I'm usually reading stories about monsters and things like that. Going into, like, the demonic aspect has caused me to read, like, a lot of literature that I don't normally go into, like a lot of the uh, grimoires that involve angels and demons and stuff it just brought up a lot of strange questions <laughs> for well, me <laughs> let me let
0: me emphasize one thing here the old grimoires is not what modern demonology is
2: okay i would love to know like if a person is really trying to get into demonology today where would and they're asking you that where would you direct them? Like any paranormal investigator that's out there, a okay. person that's interested in this field, like first, where would you direct them?
0: First place, I would tell them there's a organization called the Paranexus. They have courses specifically for paranormal researchers. They even touch on ufology, cryptozoology. I would before you even start looking into demonology, you might want to understand more about para, about paranormal itself, because paranormal and demonology do coincide. Also, if you're a religious person, prepare yourself because if you're going into studying demonology, you're going to sit there and say, "Wait a minute, this contradicts what the Bible says, or this contradicts what the Torah says, or whatever holy book you follow." It's understanding that of that which the dark arts can do. The dark, the dark entities, what we know as demons, are.
1: I know we're getting towards the end of our segment, but I want to throw out kind of a final thing. So when we've been doing this research, we've looked into demons cross-culturally. Do you think that when like a Shinto priest talks about an oni or a, um, uh, apologies for not knowing the proper word here, but a Hindu priest talks about demons within their religion, do you think they're talking about the same sort of thing or do you think they're talking about something different
0: most definitely the same we all every faith has a different meaning of what demons are and they are all within the same thing they could be the faith under hindu faith under pagans anything demons are all the same they are all one entity all right wow
2: We've been talking for a while on a lot, of, a lot of deep stuff. I think there's been a lot of fun talking about this Oh, stuff. yeah, this has been great. Absolutely. Have you had a good time, Ricky? I, I
0: always... At, the, at least the beer is better this time around.
2: <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. Actually, dude, I've been so thrown off by this conversation, and this has been such... I didn't even realize that I was still drinking this terrible citrusy it is, beer. It
0: is not a terrible beer. It is a good beer. Now, I'm going to say something. If, if demons had the capability of creating... Uh, I think this born, barn citrus snot is it. You
1: guys, I swear, have the most monochromatic palette. Anything stepping outside the normal beer is wrong. I think this is, although an unusual beer, it was not what I thought I was buying. It's unusual, I, all right? I'll give you that. I think it's still a very good beer. At that, I do like beers that are in kind of the sour wave, and this is in that area.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, if you like if you like the sm- taste of urine, if you like the smell of hot lem- rotten lemons and hot garbage, this is the beer for you.
1: Please, audience members, try this beer and back me up. Like I said, we're, we're not sponsoring anything. I just want some backup here.
2: That uh, that begs the question: Are uh, this whole podcast? Uh, our sour beer is good. Yes, you know? they're delicious. <laughs> <know. laughs> Uh, I think we have definitely answered that question in the podcast today. And the answer is no, they are not good. They are not good. It is a two to one vote. I think so. Anyway. um, But anyway, uh, Ricky, thank you so much, man, for coming to the studio to to talk with us. It is always a super uh, fantastic time whenever we get to talk to you, man. You're absolutely one of my favorite people in the paranormal and stuff, man. Props to you. Thank you so much for coming in. And you're sticking
1: around for a Patreon
0: segment, right? Yeah, that's fine.
1: Absolutely. So now,
0: can I just end close off with this right people if you come across something that is that that literally puts your hair standing up and you you question if hey maybe I'm coming across a demon or something please please I cannot repeat do not try to re- resolve the situation yourself let's find out for sure that what you are dealing with is something that is that and not something that can be make things worse. Um, I've seen too many mistakes made from people thinking that they had something, doing something stupid, and now they have something. And that happens. And I, I beg you, you know, keep a safe Halloween this year. Don't be stupid. Don't go out buy Ouija boards and think, okay, here we go. We're gonna do it. No. Good if advice.
2: You don't, don't know what you're doing. Don't use Ouija boards. Absolutely you, fantastic advice.
0: If you don't know what you're doing, don't do it.
2: All right, guys. Um, I could, I couldn't give any better advice than that. So, but hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. If you guys have enjoyed this episode, please uh, leave some comments below. Uh, what you guys think of the episode, and if you guys have any questions for Ricky. Uh, or anything like that. We'd love to get your guys' final thoughts uh, on on uh, demons and this whole in this whole concept. But until next time, keep believing
1: because we'll keep listening.
2: Oh man, that was so awesome talking with you, Ricky man, like throughout this like whole podcast. Now we're gonna slide into our pillow talk segment. Um, if this is the first time that you guys are catching this podcast, pillow talk segment. Uh, is the where these the extended part of the podcast where we keep talking about some more interesting stuff in the paranormal?
1: Did you know Ellie hates that we call it pillow talk? That's
2: I think part of the reason why we keep calling because it was a working name that we had because we couldn't come up with a better name for it. But I, if it bothers Ellie that much, it's kind of funny that we just keep calling it that. <laughs> I also find it really weird that none of our listeners have called us out on it being called our pillow talks about. Because I mean, because again, we got deep into some hot and heavy stuff i think talking when we we talk about stuff and yeah this is just the aftermath part so we got some more stuff so if you want to catch the rest of this podcast all you gotta do is go over to our patreon and sign up and for as little as $1 a month, you get the rest of this podcast as well as the other videos that we put up on our Patreon.
1: And for $2 a month, you get to actually vote and steer the channel. Just a little bit of an upsell, guys. Just a little bit Wink. of an upsell.
2: That's okay. But if you guys can't do that, just listening to this podcast absolutely helps us out so much. Um, if you guys also want to help us out too, you know, giving us a review on wherever you guys listen to this podcast is also super, super appreciated.
1: Help us buy some beer. That's right. Help us
2: buy some <laughs> Better beer. beer. We need Good better beer. beer. Better beer. Absolutely. Actually, at this point, I will take adequate beer with what we're drinking I'm gonna today.
1: St- I'm going to stop arguing with you guys. You're just wrong.
2: No, you're just going to stop arguing because we're correct. But anyway, all right. But ke- we're going to keep talking to Ricky, and we're going to get more <laughs> into his investigations with demons. Now, Ricky, you were telling me um, before we got recording that you, and a little bit even too while we are recording, that you've had some investigations... Where you were convinced you were dealing with demonic activity. I know you got a little bit in Jackie Hollow, but do you have another case too that that you want to talk about with us? Actually,
0: this one come, come, sort of hits home. I we started my my, my team and I. We my, actually my partner, my co my co founder. We started an investigation at, at a cemetery. Now, which, I, I which cemetery? Belafontein. Oh, down in Mount Vernon.
2: Yes. Yes, we have.
0: We started a research at Bellafontein Cemetery. Now, the one thing I tell everybody and when you start doing investigations is unless you have a you're really strong, you feel your spirit's really strong, you do not and I, I personally hate this. I know my my um colleague at two uh two girls and the ghost would agree with me. You'd never work alone. Okay? Now I'll tell you right now, Vic Whaley, he loves to work alone, which I love to slap him once in a while. But anyway.
1: Okay, I don't consistently work alone. I'm just saying if something's going on and no one else is running in that direction trying to find it, I'm going to run after. As
2: I always tell people, if you investigate the paranormal, you always go with somebody who's going to run the same direction as you, whether it's forward or backward. Exactly. Whichever way it is, always go with somebody who's going to run the same direction with you.
0: Well, anyway, my, my 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 partner in our research was doing some investigation on his own by himself. Wait, is this where I think it is? Yes.